This is Channel 253. Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. We, we fly, fly Alaska. Alaska. Book your next flight on alaskaair.com. One, two, two. Interchangeable. White Ladies. Welcome to the Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast. I'm Hope. I'm Annie. Our central question today, why is being a stay-at-home parent a full-time, badass job that we need in 2018? So I'm not a parent, as people who listen to the show know. <laughs> no kidding. So I can't really speak to this. Um, I mean, Annie, you're a parent, but you yeah, don't stay at home. That's true. I don't stay at home. And I was also not pregnant. Uh, my spouse was. So it kind of makes things like, I don't know, I have a different perspective as mm-hmm. like a, a other person in the parenting relationship. But you're still a parent. Yeah, it's true. It, yes, I am still a parent. And that is the voice of our awesome guest today, uh, Toby Tomini. Hello. Tacoma Rays, a birth doula, a wife, a mother, and awesome person all around. So we're going to interview her today and kind of hear about her answers to this yeah. question. And there's Very a lot of stuff I don't want to you know, let the audience know too early yeah. uh, about our guest. Yeah. Sounds good. So start us off. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, my name is Toby, and um, I... Yeah, I live in Tacoma now. (laughs) I was raised in Tacoma, graduated in 99, went up to Western, did the thing up there, got the degree, then went down to California and lived there for a decade. Met and married an incredible man, had two babies, moved back up here, and um, I'm really grateful to be in Tacoma because I think it's a fabulous place to raise a family. What's your, like, so tell us about that a little bit more. Why is it such a fabulous place to raise a family? Oh, I lived in L.A., <laughs> so, is that like, not a fabulous place to raise a family? I mean, it is if you have a, a ton of money. But oh, yeah. my husband and I really had a very, um, we had a very solid. Okay, so we only thought we wanted two kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were that was like the game plan. And then we had our second daughter, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Babe, I don't feel like I'm done yet." <laughs> he was like. Me neither. Really? And I was like, so if we're going to have That's another awesome. one, we have to have another two. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm uninterested in having three kids. I want to yeah. have four kids or yeah. two kids. Yeah. And even numbers. Well, then he was like, well, what if we have twins? I was like, I'm fine with five. That's fine. <laughs> I just don't want three. And he's like, okay. Because he accepts me for who I am, That's yeah. awesome. which is great of him. And so um, to do that in LA, I mean, it's just yeah. the rat race of trying to be yeah. able to keep your head above water. Yeah. And we knew that we could have a higher quality of life up here. Yeah. We could make our dollar stretch a little yeah. further. And so we bought a house up here in 2012, which was the best investment in our mm. future we could have ever done because awesome. we wouldn't be able to afford it in our neighborhood mm. now. Yeah. And so um, then we rented it out for a little bit and moved up here in 2014 mm-hmm. and then had another baby in 2016 mm-hmm. and then... We're gonna have another baby in eight weeks or so. Oh my gosh! <laughs> now. So soon. So yeah, it's 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 fun, but Tacoma just like everything costs so much money in LA. Yeah. Like even yeah. swim lessons, and you know, like here, Some basic stuff is more way more expensive. Yeah. yeah, and and okay, tell me why Tacoma has more spray grounds. Are you familiar with what those are? Like yeah. Yeah. the the, the water awesome. areas in the yeah. parks. Has more than LA does, oh, and it's I like that. LA's a hundred degrees ninety two percent of the time. That makes no <laughs> sense. We got rain and spray. It makes no sense makes whatsoever. No sense. What's so, the best spray ground in the city? Actually, since ooh, we're on it, I think oh, that's mm. a hard one. I mean, 
our parks are really mm-hmm. such a gift here. Really good. I mean, there's so yeah. much grass area. There's so yeah, much room so to run and play and be. And so um, Wright Park is a little hard. It's lovely. Yeah. And it's great because yeah. it has a bathroom, which is yeah. a, a really great thing. But it's also completely open on all sides. Yeah. So yeah. if you go there with, like, a crew of kids, it's like a full-time job being like, one, yeah. two, three, four, five, five, six, seven. You know? right. <laughs> like trying to keep track of all your people. So true. So um, uh, Jefferson Park is a little mm-hmm. bit, like, more low-key. But the bathroom is so far away from the playground. <laughs> and sometimes I'm lazy. And yeah. so I'm like, mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah. So I don't know. It just depends on the mood you're in, how much energy you have. Yeah. You have a great playground in um, in uh, Auburn that's by Lesko. It's actually in Lesko Park by our library. So you can go to, like, the library and then you can go to the park and it has a brand new playground. And the playground is amazing. It used to be one of those weird waiting pools mm. back up until, like, 1997. Wait, why weird? Because they were, like, I mean, they were outdoor waiting pools. Oh. They were outdoor, like, kiddie pools, but they were as big as a regular pool, but mm-hmm. they're only, like, a foot and a half deep or something. So if you got big enough, you could just go sit in it. Mm-hmm. But, like, kids like to splash like in, it, in it, you know, or whiz in it. Like yeah, like it's a giant too. toilet. So, But they changed <laughs> it to a playground, and it's way more fun. And I think that the city yeah. did a lot of that. I mean, I left, so I was gone from, from Tacoma for 15 years. Yeah. And uh, they did away with a lot of, like, Titlow used to have a full-on, yeah. like, pool area. Yeah. That I don't really remember, but I sort of remember. And yeah. now they have they have a great playground, yeah. too. Oh, there. Yeah. Oh, God, they have a, a great, but it's another one that's pretty wide open. So it's, if there's, like. For supervision. Is like yeah. When, when there was, like, five <laughs> different summer camps there. And oh, then there's, yeah. like. Church bus rolled in. I was like, "Sorry, kids." I had five kids with me go. that day. I was like, "We gotta go. I can't keep track of you all yeah. with all this chaos." Like, if we come back again, everyone's wearing a bright pink shirt, exactly, yeah, right. or whatever it is. A little right. flag you yeah. got going on. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> how, so, how old are your kids? I have Tallulah, who okay. is eight. Yeah. I have Catalea, who's five. I have Alessandra, who's two, and then we'll figure it out when we meet this baby. We like to be surprised by the sex. Oh. I mean, my husband and my DNA gets together and it makes yeah. a little girl that looks just like them. Like, <laughs> yeah. they look like little Russian stacking dolls. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, we'll see. I like okay. the surprise. So why do you like the surprise? Because a lot of people want to know in advance yeah. to prepare I and have, like, buy the right clothes. Yeah. Um, I We found out with Tallulah um, what the sex is going to be because one of Christian's soccer friends was like, dude, if you have a girl, you have to clean poop out of the vagina. Mm. And he was like, what? <laughs> and so he was like, you need to prepare yourself. if we're having a girl, I need to emotionally prepare for cleaning poop out of a vagina. <laughs> and so we found out. And then we had her. And then like two days into it, Christian was like, I don't know what Fernie's issue was. It's not a big deal to clean up a poopy diaper. And I was like, exactly. Correct. <laughs> you are not wrong. It's not bad. And so, um, and so then after that, since that was the only reason... You know, that we really went for it was for yeah. him to feel it was like comfortable. emotional yeah. s- yes. safety. And then we just, um, I don't know. I think that it's having had both experiences. Yeah. And I, I am a very firm believer that there are so many different re- versions mm-hmm. of what's right. And yeah. parenting and awesome. like everything. Yeah. It's all about you really doing the doing the the hard work to know what mm-hmm. speaks to your soul mm-hmm. and what's the right thing for you. Yeah. There's not a right or wrong. There's only what's right for your family. Yeah. And so with that, um, we just, you know, made the decision not to find out yeah. and Yeah. Yeah. We didn't find out with Elliot. It was a really fun surprise. It was like, he came out and we were like, well, cool. You're a boy. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) And we have such great community here um, that like when we had people like, oh, you probably kept all the clothes. No, I did not keep all the clothes because 
gosh, that's overwhelming. Yeah, it's and then a lot. once you move yeah. here, there's seasons in LA. Right. There weren't seasons. <laughs> that's true. And so, top season. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So we did keep, keep the clothes, but once we moved up here, we're like, oh, that doesn't make any sense because right. it might be in the wrong season. And then you kept all this stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. And so I, you know, put on Facebook, welcome to Alessandra. If anybody has any little girl, you know, yeah. zero to three month clothes, you know, I'd love them. Yeah. And then Christian kept saying, there is piles of clothes on our porch. Because <laughs> people were like, yes, I get to just drop. Totally I get to yeah. pass this along. Because yeah. sometimes when we have sentimental attachments yes. to things, yeah. it's a little bit easier to pass it along to somebody you know than to just yeah. like get rid of it. So yeah. we really benefit from that. So I'm not even... That rem- hand-me-down train's the best. It like, is the, it, best. the best. Especially when they're yeah. little and they barely mm-hmm. wear anything before they grow out of it. Right, like, exactly. Super duper fast. So and they don't, and they don't like care what they're wearing. <laughs> like, I'll put you in something weird and it's fine. Yeah. And then when they're like toddlers, they put themselves in weird things. Yeah, and so it's perfect. <laughs> so, it works so, great. so what's it like being a parent in 2018? I'm kind of throwing this to both of you. Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. Well, well son, you've been doing it for eight my years. My son's too, like so. small enough that like I haven't, I mean like parenting him is simple right now. Um, mm. But I feel like in a few years, like when he, I, mean, I, I just told my wife the other day, I was like, I'm really excited for when he can talk because I'm interested in what he thinks about. Um, and so I'm, you know, kind of ready to have those conversations in a couple years where he asks me questions that are hard for me to answer mm. and just thinking about how do I, how do I do that? So I think it's like the challenge of like kind of political climate we live in, but also like um, difficult questions about gender and about like violence mm. and about like, how do you talk to your kids about these things and navigate them in a world that's like, we, we, you know, it's so common things like school shootings, for example, yeah. when he's five, like, how do you talk to him about like, like, what I don't know, how do you talk to him about stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. and they do the drills at the yeah, schools. Right. Of, and when, you know. yeah, we were talking, who are we talking to, Hope, in our episode recently about that they said their kiddo was, um, they said that they had, they told them there's a tiger outside. Yeah, and our, the Van- Vanessa Hernandez. Vanessa said, Hernandez yeah, told we'll us about that, um, that ha- the kids, the kindergartner was being told there's a tiger and we have to hide from the tiger. And like just thinking about as like a m- metaphor for five-year-olds about there's a predator yeah. outside who's mm-hmm. like a scary person who has a gun and is going to shoot you. And so, I don't know, just those things kind of stress me out, but like, yeah. he's not quite big enough yet to do I think it. that yeah. it depends on this, the... The um, stage of parenting that you're in. Interesting. I think yeah. that when you when you first Definitely. have a kid, I think it's incredibly desperately isolating and lonely. Yeah. And um, I'm really lucky that I am very outgoing. And mm-hmm. I am not very shy mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> but I realize more and more every day that, like, most of the world is not like me yeah. <laughs> in that regards. Yeah. And um, wh- right after you give birth, you have so much... Um, so many hormones and different mm-hmm. things going on and then you have this desperate need to connect with other people because even if you have a sister or a friend yeah. or an in-law that has a two-year-old, mm-hmm. they literally do not remember what it feels like three mm-hmm. days after they give birth. They don't remember that point because we're not meant to remember it because mm-hmm. biologically, oh, you know, to, for our, for yeah. our species to survive, yeah. we're meant to forget it so we do it again, you know? <laughs> yeah. I always and, wondered about that because I'm like, how would you go back and do it again if it's so bad? Yeah. yeah. Especially giving birth. Like, yeah. So and, oh, first of all, giving birth is else. like the number one most amazing thing that it's like my favorite if I could figure out how to give birth once a year or maybe every other year without having to gestate <laughs> beforehand I would be here for it yeah okay but, why tell me more about that um, because Annie's face right now is like I'm skepticism intrigued. and intrigue <laughs> um, because I'm very fortunate that I've had very positive birth yeah. experiences that's great and yeah. um, I mean a huge part of that is being white 
and having blonde hair and blue Mm -hmm. eyes and being articulate and being able to advocate for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... And I, I got put on the right path. I had Kaiser, which is mm-hmm. an HMO, down when um, I had my first down in L.A. Mm-hmm. And um, they had, like, five different midwives that were, like, would mm-hmm. alternate off on your clinic days. And then in the hospital, there was always two um, two two midwives and one doctor mm-hmm. or maybe, I don't know, something no, like that. Yeah, and so you didn't get to choose who you like had who was there yeah. it was whoever was on call but we just alternated off between the midwives so we yeah. weren't meeting somebody the yeah. first time when sure. we were yeah. Um, yeah. having our baby and my very first appointment she was like tell me about your ideal birth and I was like oh well I want to go as natural as possible <laughs> and she was like okay what are you doing to get there yeah and I was like oh well I just want to I'm just focusing on like not losing the baby Right now, mm. because all the women in my family have had miscarriages mm. yeah. and and so many people we know have had fertility yeah. issues. And um, I so when we got pregnant, I was like, oh, we know we can get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's huge, a step in the right huge, direction. Yeah. We know we can get pregnant. And so at nine weeks at my first appointment with her, it was like that's where the yeah. it kind of flipped a switch. That's like, oh, OK, well, at some point we have to just move on from yeah. like, thank God we're pregnant. Hope it stays that way to let plan Mm -hmm. and so we used to birth used to be an innate thing it Mm -hmm. used to be a natural and uh, a more natural thing that Mm -hmm. we knew more about because we used to labor with our neighbors Mm -hmm. we used to support our women we used to live in tribes where this Mm -hmm. is what we you know there weren't wasn't a such thing as an ob Mm -hmm. and so and there may have been midwives whatever the the term was in the area that you lived but um but we all helped each other Mm -hmm. and we're so far removed from that that it's no longer an instinct it's no longer a natural thing Mm -hmm. uh, or something that comes naturally to us Mm -hmm. i should say and so i really and grateful for that first midwife that said you have to like you're not just going to go and wing it. And I know women you have to be intentional about how you plan. So intentional yeah. about, and, and I think it's about learning about labor because mm-hmm. this is not. It's not like the TV. It's not like the movies. It's not like anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, where they're like screaming and they're or like, where like you're standing there yeah. and your water breaks all over the place and then you're like oh my god oh my god oh my god I'm gonna have this yeah. right now you know that's yeah. I mean it's not like that, I mean that is a variation of normal I'm sure for somebody sure. somewhere somebody somewhere, somewhere in Hollywood yeah not the, the standard yeah. way that it happens no. for everybody you yeah. know it's not the universal experience as you would expect from what you mm-hmm. see portrayed yeah and um, so taking the time. To realize, because usually pain is an indication of something being wrong, mm. and feeling mm. really intense sensations is usually um, something that our brain is like, oh no 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 no, you know, like like something's wrong right now, and this is not. There's a difference between pain and suffering, yeah. and this is mm. like yeah, pain a with mm-hmm. a purpose, yeah. and there are things that we can do that we as women have the absolute divine right to be able like. Like, nobody can tell me to lay down on a bed to labor because that is the worst position to have a baby in. Like, and so, yeah. And so, but we are also raised to be, especially as women in our society, Mm -hmm. to be nice Mm -hmm. and to be kind and to do what we're told. Mm -hmm. And especially if you were raised by, like, my mom's generation who were baby boomers. And Mm -hmm. they, it's very much about... um, being a good girl yeah. mm-hmm. and and saying to a doctor, 
I hear you when I see you. I am uninterested in that. You work for me. Mm. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Or tell me. Tell yeah, I don't me think what, anybody does. Yeah. Tell no, me like what. To yeah. No. Tell me yeah. what. Like you're saying that I am at increased risk right now. What is the risk? Yeah. Like what is the risk right yeah. now? You could be. Yeah. It, but it sucks because when you're a laboring woman, you shouldn't have to be advocating yeah. for yourself. Yeah. yeah. You should be able to be being a birth goddess mm-hmm. that is focused on what you are doing. You know, focused on relaxing and allowing your baby and your infinitely wise body and baby to Mm -hmm. do their thing. Mm -hmm. And so um, I don't remember the question. No, this is great. (laughs) But um, (laughs) but but yeah. um, Oh, why? Why I like giving birth. I felt um, we took some classes and I didn't quite drink the flavor aid. Side note, people always think that Jonestown was Kool-Aid. It was Flavor Aid, <laughs> not Kool-Aid. I mean, just throwing this out there. If you're going to, you know, checking. You're gonna, <laughs> um, might as well but, go go cheap, you know? Yes. Yeah. But um, when it comes to any of the different methods of of laboring techniques that are taught, there's Bradley method and Lamaze and hypnobirthing yeah. mm-hmm. and hypnobabies and probably 52 birthing from within, 52 billion. Wait, that, what's birthing from within? Birthing from within. Birthing, like well, within you anyway. No, it's just the, it's just no. the, the, no, 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 it's just the, um, it's just a class. Uh, okay. It's like a training that there is. A but child, what are you learning? A childbirth one? education training. I think that it's. A, I'm, I haven't done that specific okay. training, but I think that it's. I mean, most of it is. Is you know how there's lots of different. Yeah. yeah. Like self help things that okay. that tell you mm. the same thing. It just depending on who yeah. you are, different things speak to yeah. your soul. Yeah. And so different people relate to different yeah. things. So and like so, creative visualization and like. It, no, yeah. it is, and like yeah. fear release is yeah. a big one. Uh, some of it's some of there's some like pain tolerance stuff involved too. Like put your hand in this bucket of ice, right? Yeah. Like, that's like I think that. that's a yeah. Bradley method thing. Yeah. I never did that with. I've done hypnobirthing and hypnobabies. Yeah. Okay, what's hypnobirthing? Yeah. Hypnobirthing right? is uh, huh? Like hypnosis? Yeah, it's like self hypnosis. It's mm. like it, it, uh, the whole thing. And I'm uh, not an expert. Hashtag not an expert here. <laughs> but I took the classes and I read the book, and I highly recommend the book. That sounds pretty good. But yeah, it sounds legit. I, yeah. I highly recommend the book. Yeah. However, like I said, I don't fully buy into because there's a lot of shame yeah. that's involved oh, with. Yeah. Because the whole idea is that fear that pain is caused by fear and if you can just relax and accept and welcome and like they don't call contractions contractions they call them surges and and which (laughs) is I mean I mean our words are important our words are our reality and and contracting is not something that when you're trying to relax your body and get oxygen down to your baby Mm -hmm. and keep loose Mm -hmm. and allow your body to do what it needs to do you don't want to be think of contracting because that's like the opposite of what you want to have happen so you know I I get part of me is like yeah I could be on board for you know it's an intense sensation it's not pain but I'm also like pain is also not a bad thing always but I mean it depends on yeah. On what yeah. you, I mean, yeah. it depends well, like on your said experience about pain with and it. suffering, right? Like, is pain um, is the pain you're experiencing within the normal range of pain, and is it like, are you able to cope with it in the moment, or is it like intense suffering, which is like very different, yeah. right? And there's yeah. fine line, right? I mean, and, like, can't always tell. <laughs> yeah, and I always say that like there is no right birth, hmm. there is no yeah. ideal birth, there is only what works for you, hmm. and yeah. it is our job to take control, to take that mm-hmm. part. Part of it, take the ownership of it to figure out what we want. It's not yeah. going to your doctor and saying, "Okay, tell me what to do yeah. now." It's mm. you reading the books or getting yeah. in the classes yeah. or meeting with other women if you have yeah. that opportunity out yeah. there. And really, although you got to be careful with that one because there's so much tra- 
trauma, birth trauma is a real thing. Yeah, that's so true. And in our community, we want to say in our society, oh, but you had a healthy baby. Right. Focus on that. Just be positive. Which then it negates sh- make, all of the yeah. all experience. And, yeah, that's so true. And it leads to yeah. women sharing their stories, mm-hmm. which are really valid, and there needs to be a time and a place for mm-hmm. them to share them. Yeah. But it's not with a woman that's pregnant that's right. about to go through this. So, like, yeah. my, 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 in that moment. my yeah. wife, uh, and I will tell it because you're pregnant, I, we can talk about this story. Oh, it's cool. At length later. Um, I, I know you've already been through several births, so you're like, you're like, I'm good. Um, and you're like, been around a lot of other pregnant people. But um, we try, my wife and I try to avoid telling about like exactly what our birth story was mm-hmm. to pregnant people because it's not, you cannot. Um, do that to people. You're putting an emotional burden on them when they're pregnant. That's like, don't take that. Don't give that to them to take on because especially for folks who have even had fertility issues or who have yeah. had like um, been through a lot of trauma already. And you're yeah. like piling on like, hey, well, this happened to us and it could happen to you. Like, no, 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 no. Well, like, even me. Hold back, you know. <laughs> yeah. I had a yeah. really positive experience. Yeah. And women don't really want to hear that either because yeah. it feels like pressure. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. like. And or it may so, be like, like re-traumatizing if it's like, well, mine was terrible. Like, what was wrong yeah. with me, right? Yeah. So I just always say, yeah. you know, like like I always say, you know, if, if yeah. it's up somebody talking, wanting to talk about their birth experience or they say, oh, what kind of birth did you have? Yeah. I always say, well, I... I was really, I felt very content with mine. How, how is yours? Yeah. <laughs> or what do yeah, you, you know, like yeah. I don't really share my right. birth story a lot unless it's a like very intentional time yeah. and place yeah. that I'm doing it because um, it, there's a fine line between we have to admit and accept our truths and what responsibilities we mm-hmm. could have, what things we could have had, mm-hmm. but it's very different than victim blaming like taking taking on like i take on okay we decided to have our second at home after the first one so the first one you had in the hospital first one i had at kaiser in the hospital like you had to have it you had to have it at the hospital i wanted to have it at home um every single person in my family was terrified of it and um, there's a my, serious stigma about yeah. oh gosh, it's like yeah. it's and it's yeah. not evidence based at all. No, I mean, for a low not, it's, risk, it's all fear based. It's yeah. very, it's really intense. Like. Because for a low <laughs> risk pregnancy, you yeah. are safer at mm-hmm. home. Yep. Evidence shows that you are safer at yep. home. Yep. And people think that their OB is in the room with them. Mm. When they go into, you're with a nurse, mm-hmm. and then sometimes the OB comes when you start pushing. But yeah. you know, like yeah. it's not, or the or the mm-hmm. the midwife at the hospital. Yeah. When you have a home birth, it's a totally different experience. Like yeah. I don't have to time any contractions or yeah. surges. I don't have to worry <laughs> about getting in the car and gushing. I was one of like the ten percent of people that that with my first two water breaks at the onset of labor. Like it's not oh, very yeah. common. Yeah. But I woke up like jumped out of bed and like I was asleep and I jumped out of bed. Mm-hmm. And then water's gushed, oh gosh, and then it just keeps gushing and gushing because yeah. it's like a lot of fluid. It's a lot of fluid, yeah. yeah. And so your body can hold a lot of liquid. <laughs> yeah, and it reach. I mean, if you're hydrating and everything, yep. you're, you're yeah. regenerating. You're doing your thing. I mean, yeah. so um, you know, being in the car and driving in LA to the hospital. I mean, it's not the most ideal thing in the world yeah. when you're. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. No when you're. Um, you know, gushing water and having intense sensations and all of that stuff. When you have it at home, you're just like, oh, something's a brewing. (laughs) That's the voice I used. And then I was like, but I really want lasagna. Will you go to Trader Joe's and get me a frozen lasagna? (laughs) Well, that's the thing with the hospital, too. They won't let you eat. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. You can't eat. But that's another thing. Nobody lets you do anything. You are a grown-ass woman. (laughs) You make your own decisions. 
evidence. Yeah, it's true. There is no evidence-based anything yeah. saying evidence-based support to the fact of not being able to eat in labor. Right. It labor is Wait, intense. Wait, the hospital they don't let yeah, you. Yeah, it's a it's a weird it's a weird myth that everybody thinks is like true, which is not that like you'll somehow like make your I don't know what they think will happen if you they eat. They think like, that they're prepping you for a cesarean section from the moment you get there because they don't. Uh, if you go into surgery, they don't want they you having it in your stomach. You. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. But here's the it thing: is. And like, can you imagine how uh, how much harder it would be to labor and be relaxed if you're, you're like hangry? Yeah, hangry. No like so mad at and Brad, who like, just had a steak dinner and then got in a motorcycle accident. Seriously, he yeah. definitely still gets surgery and yeah. anesthetized just fine. Yeah. So, um, oh, that's hospital. So that's a thing. Like hospital policies yeah. are not written by doctors yeah. especially yeah. for laboring women yeah. many of them are dictated by insurance companies right. that makes sense and by what that doesn't make an, sense but it makes sense yeah, like, administrators. what you're saying makes sense but it's um, where's the shame bill can you ring that for ring me? It, ring it. You're, you're so you. far away. I don't feel. I, I couldn't. <laughs> it was just, I'm tired. It. I had a long day. <laughs> no, but it's true because it's like how much of our like the way we receive healthcare is dictated not yeah. by our healthcare healthcare providers, even by not by us, not by our healthcare providers, but by insurance companies. It's yeah. so frustrating. It, so then you decided to have your baby, your second one at home. Yeah, everyone because was the first one went off by a hit yeah. without a hitch, yeah. and um and it was it was fine. I had to I definitely had to advocate for myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point. My aunt is a um, a nurse in Colorado, and she and I are very close. She yeah. came out for cool. uh, Tallulah, my oldest, for her birth. And um, my aunt was really not on board with this whole, like, mm. like mm. intervention-free. I don't like the word natural because mm. it's not like other births are unnatural. Yeah, that's right. So, like, I like it's the term. It's not like you're birthing f- an alien. It's like you're. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. And, again, there's the shame thing like <laughs> right. about what other women hear when you, yeah. when they hear you say, I had a, a natural, natural birth. birth. That's inferring yeah. maybe to And no them. drugs, right? Isn't that yeah. part of it? Yeah. yeah. And so I call it, like, a physiological birth, like um. letting your body do physiologically do its thing. Luckily, yeah. my body does it. Yeah. Um, the number one cause of women in childbearing age of death was death in childbirth, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. whether it was, you know, of complications afterwards or whether it was from doing. So, there. I mean, there is a time and a place for surgical birth, for belly births. Some like people, instead of calling them cesarean sections, there's lots of different mm-hmm. terms to use that are. <laughs> Angela, I say, my wife and I say that it's like um, baby came out the escape hatch. There you go. <laughs> because it's this kind of gives a little brevity to like cesarean section because it's really like a um, it's a long it's, word. It's intense and a cesarean section is also like it's hard on your body in a way that's like yeah. yeah. So I mean, just like if you can like even like have a little bit of humor about it, it just makes mm-hmm. it way less like oh stigma like goes away. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. way less intense. Yeah. So is it your second child that made you decide to become a doula? No, it was after number one. So I went to a breastfeeding support group because I had I had gone to the classes that Kaiser offered. I had read books. Mm -hmm. I had um, I went in with the with the privilege of knowing that the women in my family historically have breastfed. Mm -hmm. And so I um, went in with the confidence of that behind me. But and I knew the stages like I knew that that the colostrum is like the liquid gold. It's what comes out right at the beginning They're They're getting nutrients from your umbilical cord until it stops yeah. pulsating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, and delayed cord camp, delayed cord clamping is a evidence based procedure. You know, yeah, like can you process. explain that for people who might not know? Yeah, who are listening? So so to make it convenient for 
The patriarchy. <laughs> Just kidding. To make it convenient for hospitals. Just kidding, not kidding. They, um, they started a practice that um, is definitely not in the best interest of the baby. Mm-hmm. Of As soon as the baby comes out, clamping and cutting the cord. Yeah. And then whisking the baby over to... Mm-hmm. Um, get the baby. Usually there's like a baby nurse there if yeah. there's like um, if they're worried about respiratory things like yeah. if they saw um, I'm having a pregnancy brain fart right now but like if they if your water isn't clear if the baby yeah. has pooped in yeah. the water yeah. um, they will call respiratory because um, they can bacteria and microbes they could. And if the baby yeah. comes out crying immediately it's usually yeah. like they're, they're like oh it's fine but yeah. they like to do their little assessment of right. it um Another thing that was convenient for them is to have somebody wash the baby right away, mm-hmm. put the um, the drops in their eyes, and um, wrap them up and weigh them and do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Overwhelmingly, there's research that supports that when your baby is born, a third of their blood supply is still in the placenta. And so the cord is what attaches the baby to the placenta. And so even just delaying the clamping of the cord and the cutting of the cord for three minutes has huge benefits. And you see it. It goes from being like, I don't know. I'm really not great at guesstimating like distance, (laughs) but let's say two centimeters. And then it like withers down to nothing like pretty quickly as all of the the blood goes and so um yeah it doesn't take very long with a delayed cord clamping like you'd think like oh that'll take a while for the blood to pump through but it doesn't i mean it's not i mean it's not something that you need to rush (laughs) to make it happen i mean there's no there's no reason to other than the convenience of the hospital like usually they have all their different hospitalists their different specialists in there Mm -hmm. and they want to get them in and out you Mm -hmm. know and and check off their their things and so um and so I had a positive experience. We very much had to like Pitocin is something that um, is given to in, that, like to, to help induce labor. Mm-hmm. And one of the processes of induction of labor. And it's also something that in some hospitals, uh, many hospitals in California, that's where I did most of my mm-hmm. um, work as a doula. I'm not sure what the standard practices are up okay. here, but they'll give you a shot of Pitocin after your baby's born to help the uterus contract to keep you from bleeding out. Mm-hmm. So this is also something that can be accomplished by putting your baby to the breast if the baby starts, yeah. n- once the baby starts nursing, yeah. it use, it'll start contracting. And and thank God for Pitocin when yeah. you need it, like when mm-hmm. you are bleeding out. Yeah. But as a standard thing, yeah. you know, you like it. it's, so so in the hospital, there were so many things mm-hmm. that since we had educated ourselves, my husband and I, on what standard procedures were, mm-hmm. he was like in charge of this or that, you know, like I was so like. So your husband was in on this with you too? Oh God, yeah. I was I like. Like a lot of times, like the partner mm-hmm. isn't necessarily on oh, the God, same page. Oh God, no! Mm-hmm. The partner you is so be, right? important. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. like it's like, like I we pretended that we were in a cave in the rainforest <laughs> or wherever big gorillas are. I think maybe rainforest. <laughs> I don't know. And Sorry. I'm in the cave laboring, and he's the papa gorilla that's outside. Yeah. Anybody that wants to talk to me has to go through him. You know, like it's my mm-hmm. job to do my thing. It's his job to get everybody to leave me alone and let me do my yeah. thing. Yeah. So. Um, we had to advocate for ourselves so much in our first and again remember I'm blonde and blue eyed yeah. and white and mm-hmm. and um, articulate and, and comfortable advocating for myself yeah. and so who are you ha- so you spoke about your aunt you had to like speak up against a little bit well I did a little bit I okay. was like if you can't be on board yeah. with my plan then 
Yeah. You can, this isn't about you yeah. and your experience. Right. This is yeah. about me and my experience. If the shit hits the fan, yeah. am I allowed to say shit? Yeah, you can. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> then then we, we are talking about baby poop. Then we true, can so. then we can adapt, yeah. right? But I can't plan for every case scenario. Yeah. I can only plan for what I would like to have yeah, happen, yeah. and right. then will you surrender to the adventure of it? And it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And so she had to think about it. I had to come to Jesus with her. She thought about it. She's like, no, I can be there for you. Mm-hmm. And at one point when I first went in, we had this nurse that was just like, she kept fighting with me that I had to put on a gown. <laughs> and I was like, why? I'm comfortable in this. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you can cut it off of me if you need to. I'm really comfy. Thanks. Yeah. And so then um, she came in and she was like, your blood pressure is elevated. I need you to lay down on the bed to see if we can get your blood pressure to come down. And it was like something changed in my aunt that moment that she heard yeah. that. Because my aunt is a freaking nurse. Yeah. And she yeah. looked at my blood pressure. She's like, your blood pressure is not elevated. It may be higher than it normally yeah. is, yeah. but it is yeah. nowhere in a danger. Zone. It's not in an unhealthy range. It's yeah, not, she's like, yeah. you're in labor. We know why it's high right now. Are, You're having Are you a little stressed? <laughs> and so the moment that my aunt told me that, yeah. I was like, especially since she like was on their side-ish yeah. until that moment, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I'm in charge here. So yeah. the nurse told me to stay in bed. I put the bed at a 90 degree angle and yeah, I stood up on it. I held on. So I was facing the wall behind yeah. the bed yeah. and I grabbed onto the back railing of the bed and I squatted and then no one could say shit to me the rest yeah. of the time. I just yeah. focused on what I was doing. The nurse was like, I need to see this, blah, blah, blah. You know, like your your sensors. That's another thing. They do continual modern yeah. monitoring. Yeah, the finger which, things and the sensors on your stomach. And- yeah. Yeah, yeah which doesn't um, – there's absolutely no evidence-based support yeah. to um, – like, you can do intermittent mon- monitor- sure. monitoring. Yeah. I don't know why I can't talk right now. But um, but she kept coming in. I just ignored her. I was like, she'll figure it out. Yeah. If she needs to move it around, she can move it around. I'm not yeah. going to resist her, yeah. but I'm not going yeah. to stop what I'm doing because yeah. I'm busy here. You know what you were doing. Yeah. yeah. And so mm. – uh, and I read this really great article about this woman that was in a coma mm. that, like, birthed her baby. What? Anyways, in a coma. In a coma. And I was like, I don't even have to be conscious. If I pass out, my body and my infinitely wise baby will totally labor and deliver themselves. So it took all the pressure off. All I had to do was get oxygen to my baby. So I was like, that's my main thing right now. I just got to get oxygen to this baby. I just got to breathe. And um, then there was a shift change. And then my favorite midwife walked in and a great nurse walked in. And then it was on like Donkey Kong. It was great. I I went really fast from the point I felt safe yeah. from yeah. the point people you came in and safe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and so after that I was like I'm re- like literally they give you like the golden hour with the baby yeah. Yeah. which is and Kaiser's really great I don't want to feel like I'm talking crap about Kaiser because yeah. they are really great about um, about supporting and breastfeeding and um, trying and not taking the baby, like putting the baby straight up on yeah. your chest and yeah. not taking the baby away unless yeah. there we is a concern. We had a similarly positive experience with UW, and I think it's because maybe it's because it's a research hospital, oh, and yeah. so mm-hmm. everything they're doing at UW is like research based, and every all the um, like attending physicians who come by are like constantly reminding people about like is that research based? Is that research based? Is that research based? <laughs> which I kind of wish we had Where's at school. Source? Like I kind of wish we had at school somebody to be like, is that research based? Is that research based? I, it's wish, like, I wish we had that like on Facebook. Right. Is that research based? <laughs> is that research based? We should based? have a button for that on Facebook. <laughs> did you did you research did you, what's your source? 
That's so funny. That's yeah, funny. Was, UW was great because like um, our you know they were awesome just because like we had a doula and our doula was our advocate like through the whole thing and like she you know we were a team and like whenever um, UW was really responsive to her because she's like well I've attended this many births and like this is my expertise and like this is what I bring to the table and the nurses were like we totally respect you and like it was really cool but yeah it's um you know every hospital is different right mm-hmm. and some like hospital systems are right. are not as friendly to doulas or like to birth assistants or you know or women advocates or women mm-hmm. yeah it's, so you mentioned yeah. being white blonde um blue-eyed what else did you say mm-hmm. so how would it be different if you weren't those things what are some of the things that people maybe don't realize about oh there's so much obstetric abuse it's not yeah. even funny and if you um don't i mean i come from la from an area that was predominantly latin that had predominantly spanish-speaking people mm-hmm. and um it the the abuse is the is horrific mm. and so i mean fr- i mean i was supporting a woman once and the ob walked in and and was trying to i don't remember what i wish i remembered what the specific thing was and um so can i quickly go over what a yeah, doula yeah, is sure yeah please define okay, it okay so because sometimes people ask me like what's the difference between a doula and a midwife yeah. a lot okay, midwives about. are more like ob's mm. than doulas so uh, and so a midwife mm-hmm. is to make sure that the mom and the baby don't mm-hmm. die mm-hmm. like that's and the they're, simplest yeah, way. They're like they're trained medical professionals. Like they're the yes. medical side of like keeping you healthy and alive. Yes. And good. So they're yeah. the ones that can do all the prenatal care. Yeah. Their scope of practice is yeah. lots of different things, intense yeah. things, um, and it's different. There's different. Um, classifications of midwives mm-hmm. there's certain certified nurse midwives mm-hmm. who are rns that then become yeah my mom's a midwife but from i think i've talked about it on the show before but from like the 80s and 90s which mm-hmm. i think there's rules then were a little entry. bit different uh-huh. yeah mm-hmm. but so i'm thinking as you're talking like i'm thinking about some of the things that i've seen as a because as a kid our clinic was in our garage in the basement like down below because mm-hmm. um, we live in the philippines yeah. and so we had a clinic there so i'm kind of thinking about some of those things that yeah. i saw my mom do in terms of prenatal care and sure. delivery yeah. and whatnot, yeah and a lot of i mean um ina may gaskin is probably Mm-hmm. one of the most famous mid- mm-hmm. one of the famous midwives the farm and she yeah and yeah. she has no formal training yeah. they just had an intentional community also known as a commune yeah. and uh, people liked yeah. making babies and they had to have some way they were poor yeah. and they had to have mm-hmm. some way they weren't going to be leaving the, the intentional community yeah. to have the babies yeah. mm-hmm. and so she and the other midwives you know like they they just figured it out by yeah. doing it and my mom was a hippie so like all of her friends didn't like hospitals and were like mm-hmm. um, I think one of them like gave birth and had a, a bad experience in the hospital too and then they just like made a little commitment as a team, like we're gonna learn this together, and then like deliver each other's babies, and yeah. that's what they did, and it's kind of yeah. amazing. And Ina May, I've had the pleasure of seeing her speak three different cool. times in yeah. LA, and she was she, and I've read a number of her books, and she's very clear that like the OBs were not their enemies. Yeah. There was there was a local one that came out and mm-hmm. and and brought them some books yeah. and and helped when they had questions mm-hmm. and helped kind of do a crash course training for yeah. them, and um, you know they they have the farm that you mentioned, Mm -hmm. um, which is, um, which women outside of the intentional community can come into Mm -hmm. to um, like a birth center retreat. I don't know, can, can go there to birth and, um, and they, you know, they transfer to Mm -hmm. hospitals too. And she has a good relationship with the hospital. So, Um, I don't want to make it seem like um, anti-OB or anything. Sure, yeah. OBs are surgeons, yeah. and they're really good at surgery. Mm-hmm. And when you need surgery, mm-hmm. think 
goodness that they're mm-hmm. there for us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so but, then a doula. Okay, so a doula. Back to the doula yourself? thing. Yeah. So a doula is there for informational support and emotional support and physical support. Mm-hmm. So it's outside of the scope of practice to even take a woman's temperature. Oh, really? Yeah. Like you were, you were there. Mm-hmm. I feel like 95% of my job is education before the fact mm-hmm. and getting you, you and a lot of times people are like oh well my husband's worried that the doula mm-hmm. will take his place and I'm like no 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 our no. partner the partner's not always husband yeah. um, is worried that the doula mm-hmm. will take her place and it's like no I would always describe it when I would when I'm at an interview I'm like I'm your wingman like mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> like I'm yeah. here to like be the wind beneath your wings and make you like like yeah. let mm-hmm. you fly because we have this unrealistic expectation of our partners mm-hmm. that they're mm-hmm. going to know the right ways to support us mm-hmm. when a lot of the times the partner's instinct, they see you, they don't mm-hmm. can't tell the difference between pain and suffering. Yeah. Right. And they think that you're suffering and yeah. they want to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. And fixing it is not, I mean, depending on what you want, yeah. like I don't need to be fixed, you know? And my, like, luckily yeah. my, my husband and I doing the mm-hmm. work beforehand, yeah. we realized that, you know, what his role was because sometimes that pre-work doesn't get done. And then you yeah. have women who are not only having to advocate mm-hmm. for themselves against hospital people, yeah. but also like their husbands or partners. They're yeah. like, come on, what are you doing? But he, they think that they're just being supportive and so anyway so um so (laughs) educating about yeah yeah, educating about um like what the hospital's procedures are what you might and as a doula i don't have opinions i just have information Mm -hmm. that's not always the case that you're going to find with everybody i feel like that's a Mm -hmm. trait of a very of a good doula is that um you know it's it's when and especially when they ask you what you think just always being like this, these are the facts. You know, what do you mm-hmm. think? Like, what yeah. what are your feelings right yeah. now? Mm-hmm. Because most of the time we have our instincts about what feels true and what feels right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times, especially in an intense time or when there's adversity or different opinions from family members or whatever, just having somebody to hold space and kind of give you permission to speak your truth, even though you don't need permission, but sometimes we need permission. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Say, but it's okay. You know? Yeah, and um, and then talk stressful it and situations, right? Yeah, you, you yeah. Forget that, like, and stressful situations right. that for some, a lot of people, if it's their first child, are going through that experience. Yeah. They've never experienced anything like it. It's completely un, it's completely out of your scope of yeah how to cope with like your feelings. Like it's mm-hmm. intense. I know, like with our doula, that was one thing that was so great. Was like it was almost like counseling, like mm-hmm. pre counseling. Like you sit down and like, what do you want this birth experience to look like? What is your role going to be? What's the role of your family going to be when you get home? And what's going to, you know, and just like talking, verbalizing all of that plan and then actually writing it down. Yeah. That was so helpful. Like, yeah, because there's really, yeah. it's your first time. And, yeah. there's, and there's nowhere else. Like your OB is there to make sure that your, you know, health-wise is okay. Yeah. There's nobody that really walks you through those things. Right. You know? And if you're lucky, you get, like, a really good nurse who, like, is really kind and, like, sticks by, you know, mm. sticks with you or is, like, has a skill that's, like, amazing. Like, they can put put a line in your, like, for your IV where nobody else could do it, right? Like, there's you're going to have those people who are amazing, but you might not. You might not. Yeah. You might you might have a nurse who, you know, is just great at their job, but, like, is maybe doesn't have the bedside manner and you really need somebody to, like, be emotional. <laughs> 
emotionally supportive yeah. to you. Like, yeah. so yeah, it's a it's a completely different experience. Like, I've been told by both my husband and my sister that I don't have good bedside manner. If I was <laughs> yeah. But I think I'm just firm and explicit. And if I was the nurse, <laughs> and you know what, sometimes, sometimes for some what people that's what they value. Yeah, that's what you, you know. Need. There, it's yeah. just like there's lots of different people. Yeah. Like, there's lots of people that are really great at cutting hair, but we connect with people in different ways, yeah. and people love their hair person. Yeah. And, yep. and and sometimes, sometimes you really need sometimes you really need someone to tell you, in the moments right for them to tell you, look, it could be worse. Sometimes you do need to hear that. Sometimes I'm not saying all the time, and I'm not but saying during birth, but like, I'm saying like it could be worse is helpful you when you sometimes. Have a cold that you feel I, like I would say, really especially with like birth, like we had like I mean, just if someone says it could be worse, that's like the worst thing to say to somebody who's actively in labor or like just heard some bad news <laughs> oh, yeah. about their yeah. pregnancy. So friend? like okay. that's the one where I would resist. But like, but like that bedside thing of like being like you're gonna be okay, right? Yeah. Like here's some water. You'll yes. be fine. You know, like mm-hmm. that's a, there's I mean, a there's a place. Yeah. yeah. There's a place. Side note, one of my best friends when she was having her baby, her husband, she was like in labor, in labor. Yeah. Yeah. And they were going in from the, into the hospital from the car. And he kept saying, my wife thinks she might be in labor. And she was like <laughs> ready to rip up. his ears off. <laughs> I'm going she to murder like, you. I think I might be in labor. <laughs> Anyways. Um, oh, yes. man. So, um, <laughs> so like as a doula, just things to slow it down because of... It's just another day at the office uh, at the, yeah. on on the labor and delivery floor yeah. for a lot of the people that are there. And this is a huge thing in our lives. Yeah. yeah. And it's something that very much imprints on the very, like, blueprint of who we are inside of our soul. How mm. it doesn't matter how it goes down. Mm-hmm. It matters how we feel we were treated. Yeah. If we feel heard. Mm-hmm. If we feel respected. And mm-hmm. so I've had... Things go when I'm supporting clients completely different than how they expected, mm-hmm. but they felt like they had informed consent. They felt like they yeah. had moments that they needed. They felt like they were heard and respected and yeah. part of the team. And that's what matters. Yeah. Just because something ends very different than you were expecting does mm-hmm. not mean it's traumatic. Yeah. But And just because something ends Exactly how you wanted it to doesn't mean that it was a positive experience either. Right. I feel like what you're speaking about, I want to be like, truth. Uh, because I think it also applies, like, what you're saying kind of impl- applies outside of yeah. just um, yeah. childbirth, too. I'm like, yeah, you're right. It doesn't mean that it's a positive experience. Right. It yeah. doesn't mean that it's traumatic. It's well, really it's, like a, we, it's like our definition in um, American culture of failure. Like, oh, what yeah. does that mean? Like, if, you have a, if your birth experience isn't exactly how you want it, is it a failure and what does failure mean is it okay to fail yes okay so you know i think we've talked about this failures first attempt in learning right Uh so you know if you learn something from it have you really failed i don't think so but it's yeah how we find how do we define what it means to be successful yeah i think that's a big part of it too let's take a quick break okay we'll come back and have some more questions cool excellent hi this is jenny jacobs host of the citizen tacoma podcast As a 2001 alum, I'm excited to announce that Pacific Lutheran University has joined us as a sponsor of Channel 253. At PLU, I had amazing experiences both in the classroom and out of it. Thanks to PLU, I studied abroad in Costa Rica and was involved in numerous theater productions, experiences that shaped who I am today. Part of PLU's mission is to educate for lives of service, and I am proud to have received an education that was focused on how I could give back to my community. Something new PLU has offered to make it easier for students to give back is the PLU Pledge. Here's the pledge PLU makes to new undergraduate students. If, after you graduate, you have a full-time job but it makes less than $40,000 per year, PLU will help you make your loan payments. 
So if you want to fight to make the world a better place, but your paycheck just isn't where it needs to be yet, PLU will step in and help. This is huge and an amazing way that PLU shows their dedication to service. If you're starting the college search for yourself or a high school student, learn more at plu.edu slash plu pledge, because student debt shouldn't stand in the way of changing the world. And we're back. We're okay, back. so Hello. one of my first stories I heard about Toby was from your sister, and Hello. she was talking about <laughs> yeah, awesome. She was talking about your um, work with placentas and your work mm-hmm. as a doula, mm-hmm. and it was really fantastic because it was over dinner, and so Nate and I <laughs> were there, and I was like, I was yes, and Nate. I mean, fortunately, dinner placentas. was over. Kind of was like the end of dinner, and but he was yeah. like, why are we talking about placentas right yeah. now? So, can you tell us a little bit about your placenta philosophy? Yeah. So um, when I had Lula, I had just taken the childbirth education class, the hypnobirthing, but I hadn't really gotten into to birth work yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at a nursing support group, and I had had a really positive experience in my labor, but at the nursing support group, I was probably the only person that was still on a high from how incredible mm-hmm. my labor experience was. And so many, I, I heard so many times if I would have only known then what I know now, uh-huh. I would have done things so differently. And that's when I found the idea, the role of doula. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is what women need. They need to know then. Yeah. What they know now, yeah, that's cool. mm-hmm. so they can make the decisions, so they can have informed consent to make whatever decisions they want. Mm-hmm. If they want to schedule a C-section, because that's a very valid mm-hmm. thing, there are women that have trauma involved mm-hmm. in their body. You know, so yeah. d- are they going to want to take? If you were sexually abused by yeah. your grandfather and he would come on your chest when you were nine mm-hmm. to fourteen, are you going to want to take your baby and put that baby to your no, chest? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. So guess what? Breast isn't best for everyone. Yeah. You know, like if you have trauma with, you know, somebody coming and standing over you between your legs, yeah. like mm-hmm. we need to figure out a different yeah. way to have the, the 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 setup be. Maybe it's moving the bed really high up yeah. and asking the OB to come to the side of the yeah. bed instead of being between yeah. your legs. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many different factors and there's so many right ways to do it. Mm-hmm. You just have to find out what's right to you. I hate to sound like a brick. No, I just record. want to highlight that sentence. Like, oh, I'm so like, true. <laughs> like just yeah. 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 So um, but this is not at all what you asked. Oh, OK. So um, we had tried for the delayed cord clamping with Lula, and um, I don't think I was just so ecstatic mm-hmm. that she was out. And then I had these crazy shakes that no one tells you about. Oh, yeah. I was like convulsing because of the. Uh, I don't know the adrenaline or whatever. Yeah. Cocktail, and like, so yeah, I was like, "Take yeah. the baby! I think I'm gonna just convulse this baby <laughs> off my body." So I don't know. I don't know how long. Yeah. I don't know if they delayed. I don't yeah. know whatever any of that. But I found. Um, I I heard a calling to be a doula. I looked into it. I took the training. I start. I found the community. Cool. Um, I started taking on births, and I mean. Sorry, I just bumped my microphone, almost knocked myself out, but I'm okay, guys. And so um, being in L.A., it's such a rich environment. There's so many professional birth workers down there in so many different capacities. And um, because of it being L.A. and being the center, uh, I hate it when I have brain farts for stupid words when I'm pregnant. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Being the like epicenter of so many different things. A lot of really big people in birth work would come through town. Yeah. And so um, I don't know if you've heard of Robin Lim. 
She was CNN's Hero of the Year, I think, in 2012 mm-hmm. or 2011. She is a, um, I believe she's Filipino. Uh, I will look Filipino and link to her. American, Filipino American. Um, she oh, yeah. has um, birth centers in the poorest areas in Indonesia. Healthy Mother Earth Foundation. Yes. Nice. And um, they call her Ibu. Robin Lim, which means mother, Robin Lim. And she was CNN's um, hero of the year for the work that she does. She is, like I said, she has birth centers that are completely free for prenatal care, having Mm. the baby and supporting, you know, Mm. birth and then after birth. Um, In the poorest regions in Indonesia, she goes to the, she and her team go to the front lines every Mm. time there's a natural disaster. So when there was the big um, tsunami. Yeah. Was that in 2006? I think so. Okay, the the Mm. tsunami that happened, she, you know, they're there, and they're doing things. I mean, to say that they're in what we would consider being the U.S., like primitive conditions. I mean, imagine being on, being right after a tsunami. Mm -hmm. There's no electricity. There's no clean, there's no way to to, sanitize your instruments. There's not a lot of instruments, you know, there's, or going to... Um, after the big earthquake in Haiti and mm-hmm. all these different areas, they're there because there are women that are having babies yeah. because you mm. don't slow down. Yeah. Your body doesn't stop because there's a huge natural disaster going on right at that moment. Right. And so I was able to see her speak twice. And one of the times I was like one of like 25 people. It was like a really small venue. I had no idea. And then I was just sitting there like... <laughs> Grabbing my pants the whole time because I'm like, oh my god, I'm so close really to cool. her. And like she came over and she was like, I was pregnant with my second at the time, yeah. and she came over and sat down next to me on the floor and was just touching my baby, my belly, and yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, it's great energy. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But um, something that they do in in areas where they in in so many areas yeah. in Africa and Asia and yeah. so many different areas that have much better infant and mater- more uh, infant and maternal survival rates yeah. than the US has even though they spend 1% I made up that but even though they spend <laughs> a fraction of the money that yeah. we spend mm-hmm. in it yeah. they have a thing called um, they don't cut cords yeah. um, because there can be an increased risk of mm, infection right. and you know like when they're on the front lines of these in these disaster yeah, areas with, like dirty water and yeah exactly yeah. Um, they have a lotus birth is is what she calls them. I'm sure there's many a different things that they're called throughout mm, different yeah. continents and things. And it's keeping baby and placenta and cord attached mm-hmm. until it it either a I mean it, it could just be like majorly delayed so like you wait mm-hmm. like 8 hours or yeah. 5 hours and then they'll burn it. They never right. cut it. Yeah. They'll they'll burn burn the cord. Um, which doesn't hurt the baby at all, just like cutting it doesn't hurt yeah. the baby. Um, or a full lotus birth, which it depends on what the area that you live in, like how humid it is, what yeah. the temperature, you know, all sure. that, what the climate yeah. is there. But it's leaving baby, placenta, and cord attached until it naturally releases on its own. Mm. And so... How long does that usually take? It depends on where time? you are. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. My husband and I chose. Actually, I chose, and my husband adores me, and so he let supported he you. he supported it because he's like, well, I don't really care either way. You do what you you do you. So, in talking to, with her, she she wrote and self published a book called Placenta: The Forgotten Chakra, oh. mm-hmm. that is um, a really great read and. 
it, it, it so points out that when we get so comfortable in our little corner of the world, how we just think that our lived experience is the only experience out there. Mm-hmm. And then you realize there's so much world out there and there's so many right ways to do things. And so even if it's not a norm to anybody, you know. Yeah. And so um, one of the most traumatic things for me, since I did not have a traumatic birth, was Lula's umbilical stump huh. is what they call it after mm-hmm, they like yeah. cut the cord. Yeah. It has a little stump and you're supposed to like clean it out with an alcohol wipe yeah. or a little Q-tip yeah. every so often. Hers was not healing. Mm-hmm. Like it mm-hmm. seeped and seeped and like it just mm-hmm. kind of got like mm-hmm. when you have to, I mean... We had to take her to the pediatrician. You know, like you go to the doctors to make sure that the baby's gaining weight and everything. And so that means uh, being in the car seat with the five-point harness. And then you'd see the little blood on on her little onesie. And it was just – it was – it was – it would – it just looked so painful and I didn't it, yeah. it, it it was a traumatic thing for me as a first time mom that it wasn't healing and right. so um and that it just it it was supposed to be like a oh well you just take care of it and then it just the stump falls off and it's fine it's after not a little bit of time. For everyone. <laughs> but it wasn't. Like yeah. at our eight week appointment, at our eight week appointment they took a little um collided silver I think that it's called yeah. to just cauterize it a little yeah. bit and and put that in which didn't seem to be painful for her and it kept it healed it up yeah. but um, so when Ibu Robin Lim was talking yeah. about uh, a full lotus birth mm-hmm. and she was talking about um not just on the front lines, but also like when they have she was working with OBs in the really poor areas of Indonesia where she has her birth centers, where she was working closely with them. And they started to allow the baby, the placenta and the cords to all stay attached after a cesarean section. Yeah. Hmm. And the babies were thriving, like because they were getting their full blood supply. And and then there's the whole spiritual thing. Like yeah. in some tribes, they think that the placenta is the um, guardian angel of the baby and it's mm-hmm. the only part that travels from within your body to earth side mm-hmm. and once the guardian angel feels knows that the baby's okay yeah. then it feels comfortable releasing oh, yeah. the releasing the baby mm-hmm. into you to take care of mm-hmm. and there was something that was I know it sounds can sound so corny or so hippy dippy or whatever but <laughs> when she was talking I was like girl yes <laughs> and I read the book and I was like this yes. just this makes sense to yeah. me and and um so I you know followed all the steps because yeah. in the book she's like if you want to you know this is how mm. you do it and so what do you have to do like I heard you have to like keep the placenta in a certain kind of container or like well i spent so much time getting my placenta basket ready and so um so So what does a placenta basket look like is it i mean it's a basket i got the goodwill okay (laughs) i mean i don't mean to brag you guys i'm really fancy maybe other people like make it yourself are there there artisanal placenta baskets on etsy oh i'm sure there are There have to be. But you got to be careful of that cultural appropriation. I would make sure that I get it from somebody that is, you know, an artisan from the country. Oh, my God. So good. No. And that's a funny thing with with labor and with all the things is that you get the perfect things and then the perfect things end up not just not doing it. So you have a goodwill basket. So I have a basket. And then um, because for the first. So it comes out and it's like. 
bloody because yeah. it holds blood and yeah. it was against my blood and all of that. Yeah, also so placentas like, are big. They're yeah, big. Like bigger, than mean, you, bigger than you think. So I mean, okay, they kind of remind me of a scoby a little bit for oh yeah um, for kombucha. Oh, I've never seen the one mother. before. Yeah. Oh yeah. so cool. I, I, I know because I, I just got. made kombucha. So <laughs> my so I, I saw a lot of them growing up and we had this joke because it'd be like if there was someone who came in to give birth in the middle of the night in the in our clinic, um, we'd know because the next morning there'd be a placenta sitting on the table mm-hmm. because my mom would like be getting ready to do. What, you yeah. know, to see her, honey, whatever, just right? and you're just the like, placenta. Yeah. yeah, and you're just like coming down for breakfast, and you're like, "There's, yeah, there's a, a placenta with the yeah. placenta." Yeah. And it's like super normal. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so for us, yeah. Do you know what a chucks pad is? I don't think it's so. like a. Had you have you ever potty trained a dog? It's like a little piddle oh, pad. Yeah. 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 So the chucks pads are what yeah. they like put under you because you're oh, after yeah. you have yep, a baby, you bleed. And um, so they'll they'll put like a chucks pads. The hospitals sometimes have reusable ones that that you know they throw in their linens thing, mm. or you have um, ones. So it's like a an absorbent little yeah. four by four or three by three square. Mm-hmm. Blanket, not blanket, just like an absorbent little pad. Yeah. That, um, so when I had my lotus birth, my first lotus birth down in LA, my, um, home birth midwife, um, wrapped it up in, in that and then changed it out before we left and we salted it because you, and I was like, is there like a certain kind of salt you're supposed to use? Yeah. I got the generic brand at Whole Foods. Himalayan. And it was like, I, I was in the, Blue container. It was like the 365 <laughs> brand. <laughs> and it was like, um, it was coarse, coarse. I mean, yeah. way better than fine guys. I don't know. I don't think it's just any salt. Yeah. That, like, yeah. and I actually emailed her. I emailed Robin Lim. Yeah. I mean, her people, because I don't think she she's so famous. I don't think that she checks her own she's email like, guys. But I was like, uh, I just. You say salt, but there's lots of salts out there. <laughs> Nowadays, I would just go to Winco, to yeah. the bulk bin, yeah. and get some there. Okay. And um, so you just salt it. And I was like, I might wake up, but, and the cat might be eating the placenta yeah. or licking it or something, <laughs> you know? So gross. And so, so, it, so, like, I didn't know. And so what my husband and I decided was, because yeah. my midwife was like, at any point, I can come over and we can, you sure. can burn it yourself yeah. or I can burn it, you know, like it doesn't, like, don't, whatever you want, yeah. you know, yeah. just you see what you're comfortable with. She's like, with. I'm on the journey with you. Yeah. And awesome. so, um, and so Christian and I, Christian's my boo, he, uh, we both were just like, we're going to have our plan and if something if it ends up being inconvenient or if something will will adapt and it was the most normal thing that either of us could imagine and it was like a non thing it was just you know we had a little so um, like the baby carriage and then the baby basket with the placenta in it um well i mean there was no carriage. Okay. I mean, w- I mean, it, it, it released in LA. Yeah. It released it after like fifty hours. Oh, that's fast. Wow, and so, that's really and fast. so, I wasn't going yeah. anywhere. We were like, I was just chilling at home. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was just chilling at home, and um, you know, had a baby doing that, doing that thing, <laughs> bleeding a little bit, recovering a little bit, eating food, and um, so, so yeah, I salted it, and she, she, like, Robin Lim was like, and on the way to the birds, I pick whatever herbs and flowers there are along the way. And I'm like, I'm in L.A. I don't have herbs and flowers. Like, and she's like, whatever you want. You know, you could yeah. sprinkle. I didn't put any herbs or flowers or anything. Yeah. I just salted it, and the cats weren't interested in it. Yeah. There was no cats licking it or That's eating good. it. It didn't have any smell. It it dehydrated so, so freaking wow. fast. It was shocking. By 12 hours postpartum, oh. I salted it like 
probably three different times. Yeah. And it was 100% completely dehydrated and, like, not a thing by yeah. then. Wow. So I hear you're now, That's like, an expert at helping people with this. Is that true? Oh, God, no. At least that's your, that's your <laughs> sister says. I mean, she's my sister. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I've never helped somebody else do a Lotus. Okay, pe- okay. I've a- I answer questions yeah. because... A lot of people have never experienced it yeah. or don't know somebody yeah. who will admit to experiencing yeah. it. <laughs> so how do you feel about, like, the placenta? I know this is going to sound gross for some listeners. Um, like, placenta eating Enca- or, like, capsulation. Yeah. Like, what's your philosophy on that? Oh. I know I, we don't have a lot of time left, but I'm really curious. About um, it's the same as my thoughts on everything. you got to figure out what's what feels right to you. Is there any evidence-based research to really support that it's helpful? No. Yeah. Because who sponsors... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, research yeah. and and people what you get funding for research by things that are going to make money yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, no one makes money by eating placenta no nobody makes money <laughs> I from know that in China we had like placenta cream I remember seeing it like to oh, it was yeah. good for your face or yeah whatever. no and yeah. people will sell there yeah. I mean I've heard that over yeah. in Asia it's a big yeah, uh, there's a, a market commodity. for it <laughs> yeah so um I I have I mean so placenta can be when, when people talk about eating it yeah. it's they it gets dehydrated yeah. and then ground down and put into pills yeah, okay. and put into capsules like mm-hmm. yeah it's not like you're capsules. making a steak out of it no or <laughs> although <laughs> I mean it. in some in in some places just, taking I, I'm a vegan so that it, it's not it's not about the placenta it's about the you're cooking something meat like and eating it that's <laughs> that I but no it's just, she's just not down <laughs> with the consistency <laughs> it's the texture <laughs> anyway not to distract <laughs> yeah no I get it so um. I mean, in in some cultures yeah. that they they'll take a chunk. If a mom is bleeding out, they'll yeah. take a chunk of placenta and just tuck it in her chin, yeah. or in her chin, in her cheek, not mm-hmm. in her chin, guys, um, <laughs> in her cheek, and that will slow down the hemorrhage. They'll yeah. slow down the bleeding, and mm-hmm. and then they'll spit it, spit it back out. Some people take a chunk of raw placenta and put it in. This is like fresh, fresh postpartum, yeah. and put it into a smoothie and drink that huh. because it's mm. supposed to help. Um, with your multiple clotting. uses for your Vitamix. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't thought about that. Yeah. But it's like, it helps with clotting, right? Isn't yeah. it? Well, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, um, I am not here to advocate for it or not for yeah. it. I have never heard of of somebody having a terrible experience with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like it might help. Some people keep their placenta pills for when they go through menopause mm-hmm. because um, to, to balance out hormones. Some mm-hmm. people think that it's something that your body dispelled and it needs to be go into mm-hmm. biohazardous waste. And and mm-hmm. that's fine, too. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm not here to change anybody's mind. I but... remember definitely throwing um, other people's placenta like in the just in like the regular dump trash can. Yeah. So I was like helping my mom clean. Yeah. yeah. You're like, what do I do with this? Some people take yeah. it and they like plant it in their yard yeah. and they put a tree on top of it. I have heard about that. That's pretty cool because it's like it's like a legacy like tree and the yeah. nutrients that are in the I mean, it's like fertilizer for a tree. Yeah. So it's like a cool way to use it. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I've done it all. Lula's yeah. was biohazard waste. Yeah. <laughs> it, I was like, that's yeah. cool. And then it was gone. Yeah. <laughs> and um, with cats, I had hers. And I still have the pills because yeah. I didn't feel uh-huh. like I needed them. They're just chilling in my freezer. Yeah. And then with Alessandra, um, it may or may not be some, in a cupboard in my house for me to someday get my act together and plant a, <laughs> a plant a plant on top of yes. it. I mean, it's like it's hope it's like I a mean, scoby in your I fridge. Mean my friend. It's like the scoby in my fridge. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, are you still gonna? Are you making kombucha? This has been here like two years. <laughs> and you're like, it's fine. It's fine. I'm like, it's fine. good. It's yeah, good. it's still good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I want could talk to you for hours. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about really fast yes. before um we end today is just this idea of like so. 
you're really active in Tacoma scene and your kids with public the public school mm-hmm. and you've kind of become a little bit Facebook famous. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to brag, guys. <laughs> Hashtag too- dangerous moms and dads. Yeah. Can you just tell us briefly what that was all about briefly. and kind of what the work is happening yeah. with that? So I wouldn't have considered myself somebody who's super active like with the city of Tacoma. I have three kids and I'm just active with my kids yeah. around the city doing things that yeah. you do to, Water parks. to stimulate, yeah. you know, yeah. like, yeah. so the why, I mean, just the, the mom stuff, you know, and um, our teachers recently were on strike. So we didn't start at the the, the year when we were um, intended to. Mm. And um, the district was really doing things that felt we're using tactics and were um, behaving in ways that um, became very apparent that the teachers really needed the support of parents. Mm. Um, and I'm, I've never been to a city council meeting. I've never been to a school board meeting. I do a lot of work within my, my child's school because we're in Hilltop and there's, it's a high area of need. And I have the privilege of being available during school hours Mm. to head Mm. up some of the things like the food drive and, and different things to help, um, serve our community. And I, I would say that my um, focus has always been local, yeah. not out, just yeah. kind of within our little our little area. But it became apparent that we needed that the teachers needed a little um, support from the outside, and so um, we just kind of some parents got together and to try to figure out ways that we could show teachers like show up in a meaningful way. Because I mean, changing your status on Facebook or your picture or whatever, <laughs> or wearing a shirt that says "I stand with Ed" is like hella great. Um, but it also doesn't yeah. really do anything. Mm, yeah. And so um, that week was nutso. We, a couple of the moms, uh, we decided to go in because none of our emails to our school yeah. board. School board is supposed to be representing the public opinion. They're, yep. They are. We are their constituents. We are the taxpayers. Mm-hmm. We are. We um, not hire them. We elect them into their position and they're supposed to be reflecting yep. us. But it was getting frustrating because mm-hmm. we were calling and emailing and not getting any response. And so we decided to go in to central administration and um, I don't know if I'm supposed to like, okay, I'm going to tell you guys how it went down. So we're going to stagger ourselves, just just three of us right here. No big deal. Uh, We're going to stagger ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) We staggered ourselves like 10 minutes at a time. And I went in with my three kids and I was like, hi, I'd like to see the the superintendent mm-hmm. and the poor lady in the front desk was like, oh, well, what we're doing right now is um, we're going to fill out this form and then they'll get back to you. And I was like, oh, like, how are they going to get back to me? And yeah. she was like, oh, well, they'll like they'll they'll email you or reach out to you. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, because I've actually been emailing and I've been calling <laughs> and I haven't gotten a response. I, back. I said, yeah. I'll go ahead and fill this out. Um, and I was like, do I fill one out for each person? She was like, no, no, no it's just put whatever names you want. Hmm. So I went and I filled it out. And then I said, you know, I was like, here, here you go. I was like, you know what? I actually have some time today because my kids aren't in school. And so I'm just going to go ahead and wait till somebody has a chance to talk to me. And so she was like. Okay. So I sat down and started giving snacks to the kids. So like the next mom was supposed to come in like in 10 minutes. Yeah. And so 
Then I pulled out my phone yeah. and I started recording yeah. and myself and I said, hi, my name is Toby and I'm down at Central Administration Building right now. And I kind of did a little scan of the room and I was like, I've been hard having the darndest time getting a hold of our elected officials here. Yeah. And then I come down and I just don't even know what they're doing because they're not available to see me. So I'm just going to go ahead and sit here. So as soon as I started taping myself... The um, secretary, poor secretary lady, I got to take her a donut or something, but she took off, like got up and ran down the hallway. And a few minutes later, this dude comes out and he's like, hi, I heard you want to talk to somebody. And I was like, oh, and what somebody are you? Uh And he's like, well, I'm somebody who's willing to talk to you. I was like, great. So he came and he sat down. I'm on a little love seat. He's on a little comfy, cozy chair next to me. My kids are next to us eating granola bars. And um, he, I mean. He, at least he had the, yeah. the, 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 I mean, the gumption to come out and to talk yeah. to me face to face. I think what he was thinking was like customer service yeah, 101. Totally. People just want to vent. Yeah. And I didn't want to vent. I wanted answers yeah. to my questions. Right. And he didn't have any answers to any questions. And then he was like, I was like, well, what are they doing right now? He goes, oh, they're very busy. I was like, doing exactly what? Because our kids aren't in school. So what? And they're not bargaining because they've decided that they're not going to come and bargain in good yeah. faith. So what could they possibly be doing right now <laughs> and um so then i texted this the other mom like quickly i was like get in here now <laughs> and so 10 minutes was far gone it had been like 25 minutes but then she walks in the door with como four news oh. cameras and a reporter and her children her three children and then a all the other moms and children just come in <laughs> and the guy looks at me that was talking to me and he was like the head of safety and security at he was just some poor schmuck that like was there yeah. and and yeah. she was like can Available. you come talk to this lady yeah and so um and so he looks at me and he goes oh so this was your plan all along <laughs> and i'm looking at this news camera like Bitch, I would have put on eyebrows if I knew I was going to be on fire today. I was going to be here. Do you see my face? And you said something like that, right? This is not camera ready right now. So we continue talking and because they're just recording us. And and he he was like, well, let me go see if there's somebody available for you. And he takes off and then he comes back out. And uh, by now, the lovely secretary lady was passing out like crayons for the kids to color with. And she was, I mean, she must have been, bless her, like in, in a very uncomfortable position. And so then he comes out. And so at this point, one of the moms is Facebook living. And he's then he starts saying he got very defensive and was like, you guys can't be here. This is business hours. And and um, somebody's like, why is the safety and security person here? And he was like, well, this is you guys are disrupting business. And I was like, well, I'm like 100 years pregnant and I'm a mom (laughs) with three kids. Yeah. Go to your school. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like and so. So that was a little live. And then somebody saw that and wrote hashtag dangerous moms. So that's where dangerous moms came from. So then the next day I went to somebody said at like 430, somebody was like, is anybody going to the city council meeting? And I was like, oh, crap, I can go. Yeah. And then I get there and I was like, what's the process? How's this work? They're like, you wait for the mayor to call you. I was like, the mayor's here. (laughs) That's what the city council is. I was like, "Okay, guys, JK, I totally knew that. Yeah. And so my sister was frantically helping me figure out. We were texting each other so I could figure out what to say. So I did a little public comment there. So it was like the dangerous moms thing caught on. Teachers had um, T-shirts made that said, we love dangerous moms. And it just kind of took off on it. 
its own. And so it's just, I, I just happened to be the face that represented the voice of, of parents. Yeah. So that really, was not at all we short. Really, really, so really appreciate it. Thank you yeah, for thank you so work. much. And so now, um, some people who want to get involved in the work mm-hmm. that's still happening, what, how can they get involved? Um, okay, so I give everybody a little, I always give a little rally that you are enough exactly yeah. the way you are. You don't need to be, I'm, I don't remember details and, and I'm not really great. At, I don't know all the issues, but I can speak my truth and I can speak mm-hmm. to my lived experiences. Mm-hmm. And so showing up is 90% of anything. So yeah. please don't ever feel like you're not enough to get involved and to make mm-hmm. a difference. Because if anything, that's what me being being Tacoma famous uh, shows <laughs> because I I don't I, I was never that involved and and you know like I just showed up and and tried my hardest to support in the ways that I could so um, if you're on Facebook I have a little Facebook group that I started to I, I don't I gotta look it up so it's called Organize colon Parents of Tacoma Support and I thought there's gonna be like 40 of us in there and there's like 2100 people in it now <laughs> that's awesome it's really so cool. so now it's just uh, and I don't know that I'm cut out for for adminning a page with so many people or any of that stuff but I just try to keep posting actionable things yeah, that we can do great. to make a difference that's great. because if the, yeah. if the strike taught us anything it's that the district has been operating without the the awareness yeah. and the consent of of the city yeah. for too long because we've all been focusing our attention at you know there's only so much yeah, of you to go around exactly. but mm-hmm. we need to show up so every two weeks there's board meetings yeah. and you can go and fill out a little blue piece of paper yeah. and you can talk about what you want yeah. to talk about if you're upset because the bus system is literally totally cattywampus right now go and say yeah. this is really disappointing yep. yeah. my kid has to wait two and a half hours after school or has to stand up on a bus yeah. if you you know, like there, there's not enough seats. It's not yeah. safe yeah. or whatever your experience is. You yeah. don't have to have yeah. know the fancy language or have yeah. a fancy degree or yeah. be the best at anything. You just have to show up. Yeah. So you can look on the school board website yep. because they have all they have a calendar there. Um, whoever they're paying billions yep. of dollars to to manage the website is doing a really great job. <laughs> and it's pretty, <laughs> it pretty good. <laughs> and so um, you can email your rep- um, your your school board members. Yeah. yeah, you can email our leg- like we this the school board was just the first hurdle. Yeah. We got to make our voices be heard, especially being in Hilltop yep. in in Tacoma, being in an area that has underserved people, yeah. underserved students. Yeah. We need to to make sure that our legislature tours, legislators yeah. know that we are here and they they represent us and educating yeah. the whole child is a is a very important yeah. thing. Yep. Amen. Amen. I want to preach it. Yeah, cuz our kids are <laughs> yeah. Snaps. yeah. There there's no, a lot right. of adversity and these are really hard times. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. the amount of of housing unstable kids that we have yep. in just just my little neighborhood school is really humbling and horrifying because mm. I can't even imagine I can't even imagine mm-hmm. how you're supposed to go and learn when you don't even know where you're going to be putting yeah. your head down at night or when you think that you're going to have to be separated from your family mm-hmm. because you know there's six of you and there's mm-hmm. you know you're going to have to yeah. split up or sleep in the car or whatever you yeah. know so um, so show up if you can mm-hmm. do what you can it doesn't matter if you can't get to the meetings you can email mm-hmm. you can write a letter you can pick up the phone just figure out something and, and do something and talk to someone somebody and and yeah i think that's the homework right that there. sounds like I'm such good homework I, that's like all our homework right now because like that's such good advice like please get involved and um yeah just yeah Show care. Up. and the communication <laughs> can happen 
every day of the mm-hmm. week. It doesn't yeah. have to be like, or, or every week, if you yeah. feel like that might yeah. be a little much, you yeah. can dial it back. But it's it's just constantly, this. if yeah. if anything from yeah. the strike, has, if the strike has taught me anything, yeah. it's that the squeaky wheel gets the oil. And so um, we can just, right. if we work together, we can amplify our voices to elevate our voices to really um, let them know it's not just the district and the teachers, it's the parents that need to be involved too. Yeah. And there's, there's a way for everybody to be involved no matter what your yeah. circumstance is. That's Thank you awesome. so much for coming. On Thank the show. you for having oh, me. This has been great. Thank it. you so much. Bye. Bye. The Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is doing a book club. A book club. What are we reading, Annie? We're reading White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo. So please pick up your copy at your public library. Robin with a Y. Or <laughs> at um, King's Books. Yep. And read it and then post on Twitter, on yeah. Facebook, social media. You can use two hashtags hashtag IWL reads and hashtag read, read less, less basic. basic. Thanks. The Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is part of the Channel 253 Network. Listen to our other podcasts like Move to Tacoma, Citizen Tacoma, Nerd Farmer, Crossing Division, Taco Man, and Flounder's B-Team. And please support Channel 253 with a monthly or annual membership at channel253.com. Great. We didn't Thank even you talk so about much. 50%! Ah. 80%! I didn't even talk about why it's important to be a stay-at-home mom! <laughs> <laughs> so true. Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. We We fly fly Alaska. Alaska. Book your next flight on alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.